All right. Union of the Unwanted live. Ricky, hey. Happy birthday, Ricky. You were there, Ricky? Today we're going to do kind of a general topic show. Maybe if we have time, we're going to do some uh, call-ins later in the show. But it's uh, it's going to be a general topic. We're good. So we're going to probably, obviously, the COVID thing is unavoidable. At, at some point, we're going to have to talk about that because it's uh, ruining our lives daily. And uh, and we also have our Canadian friends that we uh, we can get an update on what the hell is going on up north. But uh, we have some old friends. You know, Steve's been on before. Matt's been on before. Obviously, Cry America, Jason. And then I got we got some new friends, Conspiracy Castles with us today. We got Dr. Frank Ayeda. By the way, the kids love your vitamins. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to plug that real quick. <laughs> and uh, and then we have who else? Oh, and then Susie. Th- thanks for being with us also. She's a, a, a friend of mine from the Ripple Effect podcast joining us. So we got we got some people who are going to go hard in the paint when regards to uh, the COVID stuff. So it'll be fun to kind of dive deep into that but thanks again everybody for joining us if you guys are new to the show it's a a, a kind of like a giant zoom conference call of thinkers researchers um like really just created a community of people who are all on the same team you know just fighting against the elites and usually it's hosted by sam tripoli myself ricky Vranis from ripple effect podcast charlie robinson from macroaggressions and of course midnight mike from the obdm show so uh thanks again guys for joining us I'd, I'd say let's, because this is something we're talking about before we started recording, and now that we have Grime America with us, let's get a quick update on what the hell's going on up north, guys. I mean, you guys have been kind of uh, all the headlines all over the place about uh, martial law, and I mean, you guys are reliving 2020 again. You see, we're SOSing the United States to help. <laughs> Ontario needs help. Ontario's under occupation. But I mean, Alberta's all right. It's gonna come. It's gonna come everywhere. I think it's just uh, just like Australia was the testing. They're gonna they're gonna come. They're gonna start sweeping across the country. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. I think. But yeah, some of the provinces can actually start to uh, restrict travel. But between the provinces that we're at, there's so many roads. I don't think they can actually do it. But I don't think they can do any of it anyway. I think it's all just fucking giant scare tactic, make believe bullshit. And I think of you know. I, I, you know, they said I couldn't travel. I just got back from Vegas. So, Graham, you shouldn't be here. I should be quarantined. Yeah. And I just did that by, you know, printing out a fake letter and bullying my way through. Honestly, they don't like getting called Nazis. They're embarrassed by it. And they're not used to putting in, getting put in an uncomfortable situation. So I just, I'm pretty bold when it comes to defending my rights. So I just flashed some paper in their face that I printed out off the internet and say, get out of my way. I got shit to do, you Nazi. And it seems to work. It, it, in Southeast Asia, where I'm at, it's pretty much the same. I mean, there's a lot of talk about it being strict, but if you really get on the ground, the police don't want to enforce it. Uh, if if you do something to piss them off, they'll enforce it, but otherwise they don't want to be bothered with it. So there's a lot of posturing. I walked by a bunch of triages last week. They're all empty except for the people manning them. Uh what you see on the news is often not what is actually happening on the ground. And I think the people who suffer the most are the people who comply and stay hunkered down in their homes. Yeah. They escalated me to like three different people. The first couple people just didn't want anything to do with me. 
until I got to the actual border guard who just didn't want to deal with the pushback. To be honest, I don't think he wanted to deal with it. That's not what he signed on for. He definitely didn't like Nazi references, and the cops were laughing at the whole situation. And like, but the thing is, the shitty thing is, and I give the cops a hard time here too because they're still standing at the airport kind of scaring people because eight people off my plane went and got in their fucking hotel. And meanwhile, if you just, you know, pretend you know what you're doing, they'll give you a little thing that says you're exempt from quarantine. Please wear a mask, which I, I got, I'm not really doing that either, but. But there's problems up North there with the church too near Edmonton and, and they, they don't want to allow uh, it in court. Like they don't want to allow Henshaw our public health official to, they're not. They're not. They uh, know they're they're, in court. Yeah. They're, they're, so they've already said like you. They don't have to provide evidence. So it's very one sided already. The courts are. The courts are kind of in on it too because they know if they open this, it's just going to open a can of worms because they don't have anything to stand on. Which means you can do whatever you want and you'll never end up well, facing I, the repercussions in court. Is my take on it. So I'm like, I mean, we had a bunch of people over here Saturday, and I mean, the restaurants have got a tough go. I feel terrible for them. I mean, I was talking to a couple of the local restaurant guys today and they've started going to the landlords now. So they'll get the landlords to kick you out. If you're, if you're not following protocols is one of the ways they're doing it. Pulling business licenses is, is another way they're trying to do that. Um, but I think they're setting themselves up for counter lawsuits. There's actually, uh, a, go, a couple of GoFundMe's going up around town from the businesses that are now fighting them, them in court. So now the, a lot of the restaurants around here have started out because they said you can have patios open. So a bunch of the restaurants have gone out and bought tents and set up tents and just started cramming people into those to eat. So there's probably a clampdown coming from that and the restaurants seem to have the toughest go. And the gyms. And the gyms. And the gyms. They, they, they shut down a couple of gyms saying they would come back in two hours. They just needed to redo their protocols for the gym. And then they just never come back. So the city's fucking lying to these gyms. And the gym, so the gyms came back and said, well, we're allowing 100 people in and there's one-on-one -on -one training allowed. So 50 of those 100 people are personal trainers. So they just gave a whole bunch of volunteer personal trainer cards to the people to, to get around this. And I heard what the restaurants are going to start doing is just locking the doors. So instead of a reservation, you're going to make an appointment. You're going to show up at the restaurant. Um, you know why why can't restaurants just advertise private parties we're having uh, we're having headed. a private event yeah that's it, what it, the appointment an invitation to the event you can come in i watched uh i watched a pub owner in uh, i think it was bath or something in the uk shut out and kick out Keir starmer the late labor leader and then ended up getting roughed up by starmer's personal security but we did see a, a landlord of a pub asserting himself and saying no i'm sorry you're not welcome here you're not well you haven't done your job i'm a member of your party you haven't done a goddamn thing for us you've let all of this happen you're supposed to be the opposition you provided none get out of my pub and that was encouraging to me at least i i you know i i think the disconnect is people individual people speaking up like but <clears throat> Whereas if, if you're doing it, Darren, or or if I'm doing it, it's one thing. We're already show hosts. We're already considered crazy. It, it's that people need to become comfortable with refusing to comply. People need to become comfortable yeah. with asserting Absolutely. themselves. If you can assert yourself as a keyboard warrior online and yell at somebody because they don't have the right fucking pronouns in their bio, surely, 
surely some of us can, and more of us can say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to comply with this. It's tyranny. And, and I refuse. So I was just wondering, are you guys over in uh, Grimerica land uh, aware of Sergeant Paul Brown and what's going on with Huff Jim? No, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I like, other than what's directly in my face, I'm really got my head in the sand and most, is that the cop that now got suspended or something like Correct. that? So, yeah. you know, since you brought up gyms and we did it beforehand, uh, a couple of days they had a standoff, the bylaw officer, officers, uh, the mayor whining and basically saying, um, we're going to give them the strongest fine possible. And then you had this guy dare to come in, start shaking hands, you know, hugging people, uh, being an actual human being and saying, I'm not going to do this. We're not going to issue a warrant. So they've now suspended this guy. Um, do you see that being the trend? Because I'm also kind of curious as to how you, you said you printed up some paperwork and you got around these quarantines. You know, I've seen horror stories where people are willing to pay the thousand dollars a night for the nicer hotel and then they get rerouted to another hotel and facility that they don't pay for that's even worse. How are you getting around this stuff? Uh, well, we could talk about that. Um, I'll just say it's, it's all there. If you just read through what the actual rules are and what the different exemptions are and who you need to and start thinking about who you're actually explaining yourself to, it's all kind of there. But off air, I'd, I'd be happy to disclose a little bit or as far as the cops go, I'd like to see, I mean, and that being said, you don't need fucking paperwork. If you don't go to the hotel, they're going to give you a fine. The cops have already said we refuse to arrest people for not quarantining. Okay. We refuse to enforce the quarantine. That's in Alberta. I don't know about the rest of the provinces. I, I know the Peel police officers have said they don't want anything to do with it. Uh, in Ontario, but the Alberta, both the Calgary police and the RCMP have basically said we're not getting involved with arresting people at the airport. Um, so basically what I've heard they are doing, what I actually somewhat expected to happen, because I, I talked to a lawyer and stuff before I went down. We're lucky enough to be connected with uh, the Justice, JCCF, yeah. Yeah, the Justice for Constitutional Freedoms, Center for Freedoms of Canada, whatever, anyway, the JCCF. Uh, we've got a, a bit of a relationship with them, so they gave me an attorney to kind of talk to and have ready to go in case in case stuff went down. So I was I was expecting the thirty four hundred and fifty dollar fine, um, which is what they've been handing out for people that that don't want to comply. Now I don't think that's even the police that are actually doing that. That's AHS if they're there. Um, but AHS just kind of let me go right past them to deal because with because you were essential. Because basically, you're well, they didn't even essential. ask to see my paperwork. But Those people didn't even ask right. to see it. And I didn't. To be honest, the border guard didn't ask to see it either. I just kind of had it all there, so I had it all in one neat little package, so I could, you know, sort of cram my way through. But um, like I say, you would have got the ticket and. As of now, none of those tickets have been prosecuted. They've been thrown out. And if you do get told to quarantine, so then you get a ticket for not going to the hotel, you go to the airport, and uh, you go home, and then every day you're out, you're susceptible to a $3,000 fine for violating quarantine for that day. Now, my understanding, and with the people I talked to at the JCCF as of three weeks ago, there hadn't been a single one of those tickets given out again because 
the cops in Alberta aren't going to check on quarantine. My phone never rang or anything like that. They didn't test me at the airport. I did have to test at a Walgreens when I was in the States because in order to get on the airport, you need to present a negative test. It was self-administered. I went to a drive-through, they put it in a drawer, slid it over to my side and a chick on a, a girl on a microphone told me to give me instructions. Basically, I put it a half inch in each nostril and swirled it five times. Uh, put it in another little solution they gave me, put the lid on, put it back in the drawer, and she took it, took it away. And like uh, two days later, they emailed me and said I didn't have COVID. So I had to do that in Utah in order to get on the plane three days later to come home because um, Canada's policy is if you don't have a negative PCR test within three days, you can't come in the country. Um and then the same thing, I had to do the same thing now to get into America because Joe Biden's made it so that for me to go to the States, I have to provide a negative PCR test to go there. So I had to go in Canada. And the funny thing is in, in the States, it was free. Walgreens just covers that or someone's paying for it in the States, not me, even being foreign. They did, I didn't even have to tell them I was an Indian. Uh, but in Canada, I had to pay 150 bucks. Uh, go to a private place. And the, the, the nice thing about the private place is, you know, they don't have the piece, uh, the threshold cranked up because, I mean, they're trying to get their, their businesses travel and they want you to be able to travel is my understanding. But in Canada, they cram that toothpick in the back of your throat a little bit. And like, I mean, it. I gagged. It was a worse experience for sure than the Walgreens one. I think both of them, you could sort of do a quick gargle or rinse with something or wash out your nose right before and sort of hack your way past. Honestly, after going through it, I think I could just like throw that thing on my printer and change the date. And uh, like the people who are checking this thing are looking for three things, the date you took it, the name and the negative. And I mean, when I got back to Canada and I tried to show it to Buddy, he's like, why does it say PCR? <laughs> so I got to like take it and, and show it to him. So honestly, you know, you could, I mean, I'm not condoning, condoning fraud, but you know, I didn't make the rules, uh, but I think you could easily bypass that. But I mean, that's, that's the airlines. If you're driving and can't drive in either way, it's a different story. I don't think the U S is letting Canadians drive in right now, unless they say they're an essential service. Graham's going to see what he can do here in the next couple of days because he's going to try and get down there. I have uh, the unique circumstance of having a treaty card. So um, I actually talked to the border people from Idaho uh, Friday, and they said, as long as I have a treaty card, they will never ask me for any tests or vaccinations or negative any of this or that or anything. Uh, so that'll get me into the States. And then I think when I drive back into Canada, they'll give me like, uh, so when you're driving into Canada, the, the hotel isn't a thing. That's strictly for the airports. Um, when I drive into Canada, I think they give you a test when you drive in. And you're supposed to take it yourself and, I don't know, mail it in, drop some off. I'll probably just throw it in the trash can when I get to Tim Hortons. <laughs> Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's harder for the restaurants and stuff Thank like that. Pacific I was talking Northwest. to a guy today Thank about how so we can much. actually push back that. and brainstorm how we can do that. Bucks. We're going to have him on the show and try and boost his GoFundMe. Maybe we can have him on this show uh, down the road. Because, I mean, those guys, 
are have it in a hard spot. I mean, it's easier. Like I think the traveling's make believe and the having people in your house is make believe. And if you do get a ticket, it's never going to hold up in court. You probably won't even get the court, but the businesses, the restaurants are fucking stuck in a hard place. I don't know how it's a harder thing to bust them out of there because now, like I say, the one guy who kept pushing back and he's like, well, I'll take the fine. Well, now he shows up and his locks have changed. Because now they've threatened to charge his landlord with fucking harboring a terrorist, or I, I don't know what the actual uh, definition of what they're doing it with. When he shows up in, an, in, a, in a space that he's done a million dollars of renovations in for his high class restaurant in a ritzy part of town, you know, you move in to lease a space and you, you outfit it to suit over the 10 years that you've been there. Add this, add that, redo this. And you show up and the, and the locks are changed and you're kicked out effectively immediately. So he's got a GoFundMe going uh, to try and get legal representation to try and counter sue the landlord. But that's kind of what happened to someone who pushed the envelope as far as they could. So maybe if you own your space, you could push that a little bit farther because they'll pull your business license. You know, it, it's it's a weird spot, I think. Down the road, I think it'll play out differently in court, but those restaurants are in a real jam. I mean, whatever you can do to support your local restaurants, if they're in that position, whether it's ordering out or eating on the patio for now, um, because these guys are trying. And right now, the government is making it super hard because the cops aren't enforcing anything. But if the fucking billionaire landlord changes your locks, what are you going to do? Or if the bureaucrat pulls your business license, I mean, you can bump them without a license, but that's a different charge now. This isn't a COVID charge. Now you're operating without a license. That's going to be a lot harder to face in court. So, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the next little while. If the people wake up enough and start pushing back and the cops stop doing what they're told, and it'll be interesting in the next month as they keep... I'd like to see more cops get suspended because I think if that keeps happening the rest of the police will sort of finally maybe take a stand instead of being in this weird in Canada, with the exception of a few police departments, like the fucking OPP, the Ontario provincial police who are fucking pricks. Most of the police departments in Canada, Alberta too, have been pretty good for the most part. There's a couple of horror stories out there, but for the most part, our cops in the city I'm in outside of Calgary here have not done a thing. They haven't bothered me. They don't, bother anyone there's no, nothing that's happened in my town with the with the cops and but they're still in this weird neutral place they're not fucking picking a side and i've seen a nice quote the other day i don't know if it was in our chat group uh, the union one or not but it's like the sheep can be the sheep all day but if the lions and the tigers and the bears don't fucking choose a side soon then we're in trouble and i think the cops getting suspended for doing the right thing is is over and above, you know, I think that that will hopefully empower more cops to stand up for the brothers. Well, maybe not, and we're fucked, but I mean, I'm a bright side kind of guy, so. Wow, dead air on a show with 800. <laughs> well, well, I was just going to say, everything out of Canada is so doom or gloom, dude. I mean, it looks like they shut it down for the second time. I mean, everything you said, I guess it's just trauma-based mind control. They're just trying to scare us. But I'm in Texas, and things are finally opening up. Like, I can do anything. I don't wear – I haven't worn a mask this whole time, but now I don't have to. I mean, the governor has lifted all the mandates. So it's like I hear that story, and it just proves that the new world order is already here and that I really don't have – any hope i mean I, I it sounds like you have some hope 
but I really don't have any hope because this reminds me a lot of like 9-11 with the Patriot Act. Once they put this stuff in, they don't, they've never lifted up the Patriot Act. They still get that in place. So I, I just, I just foresee these restrictions and these mandates. They're, they're going to be permanent. And there's already articles I just posted on my Instagram, how for some countries, including Canada, the pandemic and mandates were meant to be permanent. So do you have that same impression knowing that the cases are down in Texas where things are opened up and where they're shut down, the cases are the highest they've ever been or whatever the hell they're lying about? But doesn't this kind of show how, how much control the elites have in the way the population perceives the world? Because if you go to Florida, right, you got a government that says, hey, you know what, let's open up. Things are getting better. So that's kind of the way everybody is acting and feeling. And then you come to Massachusetts where I live and the governor is saying, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. And people are afraid. And so none of this has to do with like evidence or anybody actually seeing hospitals full or knowing people that are dying of this and any of that. It's all like they're creating the illusion, you know, and people are just falling for it, even if the evidence isn't, isn't there. And that's been happening throughout the whole thing. Throughout the whole thing, we've been told not, and, you know, luckily doing podcasts, you talk to people all over the world. And Matt actually, and I, uh, uh, Matt uh, Raymer, when he was on my show recently, we talked about this too, how like what's going on in Asia and what's going on, like in most places, like the TV's telling you, like people are dying everywhere. People are dropping dead. Like we get this image in our head of those initial Chinese videos of people just dropping in the streets. That's the image they're painting. But if you look out your window, like none of it's happening and that's why i think the mask thing like at least in massachusetts i can see how crucial it is to keep people afraid because the second they remove that mask mandate and you remove that reminder that hey you should still be scared like life's gonna feel pretty fucking normal you know because basically there's some restrictions but people are going to the gym my gym's full um you know you go to the malls if i guess people still do that maybe <laughs> but um it, you know you go to the grocery stores you go anywhere public places restaurants my my wife's uh, in the restaurant business i mean she she's been saying recently like it's the first time in a long time that it's like people are comfortable people are just going out nobody's afraid anymore and so if you remove that mask like what incentive would you have to get the vaccine right like that cnn clip that has been you know going around it's like if you remove the mask it's like no i things feel pretty normal and i'm living my life you know pretty pretty close to the way it was before why would i get the vaccine you know but it, it also right. shows how the psychological like the constantly just telling people like hey things can get back normal if you get the vaccine things will get back normal if you get the vaccine they just keep saying it over and over again that without actually and we can get you know uh susie and dr aida to talk about this how ridiculous that statement is because the vaccine isn't going to stop the spread. The vaccine's not going to stop you from getting it. So like people are just regurgitating this and there's no science to prove that that would even make a difference in regards to actually getting things back to normal. We're getting messed up from the shot though. That's one thing I'm noticing. Cause I only know like five people in my like sort of circle of people I know or say second degree people I know and their families. And out of those five people, three of them are having problems one of them had to get their gallbladder removed right away within four days after the first shot wow. the other one uh, was a heart attack unfortunately and another fella uh, has got hives all over his legs so it's like 60 percent of the people i know that got the shot are are 
that's what so that's like what i'm putting my head in the sand that's what i'm getting on the ground because it's not like now i'm at the point when i see people i'm like asking about oh did you get you get the shot yet did you get the shot because and you know so far the results aren't good so and, and here's what happens so our provincial our guy which alberta is supposed to be kind of like the texas of the states in a way it's very similar we're supposed to be a little bit freer here uh, he, all the parameters that we met that they ignored to open things back up, you know, now that's all gone. And now the new parameters are a percentage of people vaccinated. So that now our guys are actually pushing for a percentage of vaccinations. I mean, the, this is only in the last week or two, but the gall of them to, to start getting to that point. Yeah, but that's not as bad as Trump. Trump became a vaccine salesman. That's how you know Trump is as crooked as yeah. a dog's hind legs. Yeah, yeah. He, he literally became a vaccine salesman. Then Ivanka just posted a picture where she's in CVS oh, getting a gosh. selfie, getting the vaccine right up her ass. I mean, it's Gross. just all bullshit. I mean, literally the way that Donald Trump became a vaccine salesman is all you need to know. And I mean, we know that he's owned by Israel and that he's owned by, you know, Big Pharma. But it's just really a sad state of affairs when... The, the 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 money that big pharma makes is more important than our actual livelihoods and that yeah. they will live like 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 almonds almonds aren't safe for everybody to eat yet they'll tell you a vaccine is safe for everybody that's a lie and it's just very sad that that obvious thing cannot be recognized well and we've got all these anti-corporate crusaders who are like taking glamour shot selfies with the pfizer logo next to their vaccine it's just it's mind-boggling i'm sorry susie it looked like you were getting ready to talk Oh, I was just going to say, it's just that they, they, the media says that, um, you know, these vaccines are so safe and effective. But if you actually sit on the FDA meetings, I sat in those eight and a half hour meetings, the vaccine related biological product advisory committee, they sit and, and, and the vaccine manufacturers go to this committee and they petition them to the FDA to get their emergency use authorization. If you read through all of those documents, which I have done, the manufacturers themselves say, we did not design these vaccine trials to say whether this stops transmission or not. So they didn't design the vaccine trials to say that if you take it, that it's going to protect other people. Yet the media, the talking heads, the governors, public health officials will come out and say, you have to take this not just for you, but to protect grandma. You don't want to kill your loved one. So it's all about that emotional manipulation. Coercion does not equal consent. Say it all the time. We have got to get away from these media talking heads and actually look at the data. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. That's what I've been telling family now. Stop listening to the news. Because if you start listening to other sources of information, everything you heard in the news gets contradicted. Well, you know what's crazy is that you can almost trust the pharmaceutical companies more than you can trust the news because because <laughs> they're telling you that it will not stop the spread and that and like it tells you the you know on the inserts like the possible you know the warning label so it's like the news is even worse than pharmaceutical companies or my health minister who says uh it's a hundred it's safe and effective you don't have to worry well it's like pfizer doesn't even say that they don't even say that. They just say, you know, should be okay. No, look at all the tri- all the, yeah. all the reactions. At least just, your health, at least your health minister. This to this to this to this to this. Yeah, but dude, at least your health minister isn't a transvestite. Ours is Rachel Levine, who I actually think is a very beautiful woman. But think about that, dude. Uh, the head of ours was born a boy, born Richard, Dickie Levine. And now he, as a post-op transsexual, that is running our health department. So, I mean, that's almost, that has to be worse than whatever situation y'all got when it comes to health ministers, right? So I want to talk about some of the resistance and maybe some of the solutions on top of this. 
uh, Naomi Wolf, you know, someone I've been talking about again and again and again when it comes to this subject because she's reaching out <clears throat> to both sides. And the sides that she's reaching out to, I guess, are the ones that you wouldn't expect, like Steve Bannon. She just did Bannon Show War Room, right? So the big thing here is, for me, is that you do have now Montana signing executive orders against this along with DeSantis. My governor in Iowa has said so as well. But people like Cuomo are still marching forward. People like Newsom are still marching forward. You know, the vaccine passport is uh, simply the next step to not only, you know, this UBI type social credit system, but in my opinion, a transhumanist movement to bring in this automation nation. That's the big thing we need to do. I think we need to reach across both boards and demand executive orders that we still have a first, a fourth amendment, right? HIPAA still exists. All these things are still real and these executive orders are falling apart. You know, I just did that, uh, a watch along with that Bill Maher segment. He gets a lot of that wrong. But at the same time, he said he doesn't want his medicine politicized, yet he was barely able to whisper that Andrew Cuomo had did a bad thing. Had done a bad thing? We still got a serial motherfucking killer in charge in New York right now, continuing these same insane policies and pushing this thing. So I really think it's going to take demanding your governor sooner rather than later. I don't even know if you have 60 days to start banning these vaccine passports, no matter what you name it, COVID pass, Excelsior or whatever bullshit, or, or we're all doomed, man. Well, is that even a thing, man? Because I don't want to like, I'm, I'm not trying to like scaremonger when I say this. I'm just, I'm wondering out loud if we move beyond the point to where legislation even matters, executive orders even matter, because all of this shit has been done through emergency order. There's no let, no legislation on a mask mandate. There's no legislation on a vaccine passport. No legislation on, on you know, curfews or any of this shit. All the it is is an emergency order. And emergency powers, once they're granted, very rarely are, are they ever lifted. And Steve's point is very important because even this vaccine wouldn't be legal to give out to the public if no. we weren't in a state of emergency. Emergency approval for distribution. And and maybe maybe this is a great time to get Dr. Uh, Frank Ayeda in here in regards to uh, what's some of the history of the coronavirus vaccine? Why why do they get to skip animal trials now? Maybe because they they were so successful in the past that they can skip it now. <laughs> oh, I, are you muted? Doctor, we, we don't, I don't, do you guys hear him? No, we don't hear him. Nope. Oh, there, oh, there yeah. we go. Okay. Very good. Yep. Okay. So this is that, this vaccine, this technology has been out since 2002. And uh, so is it, you got background noise there? Or you... I, it sounds like someone's vacuuming. Are you right. doing some cleaning over there? There you go. Me, man. <laughs> no cleaning going on? Okay. So this technology has been out since 2002. And when they applied it to animal studies, all the animals basically died once they were exposed to the wild virus. So, I mean, the same, you're going to start seeing the same thing happen with this vaccine, in my opinion. So when you were talking about, you know, vaccine injuries and so forth, um, you know, in my practice, I think we talked about one of the injuries that I saw when I was on your show, Ricky, about this woman that I, I've been seeing for about a year. And uh, she, she came to see me with a slew of autoimmune issues. She has um, ulcerative colitis. 
She, I diagnosed her with Lyme disease, which led to a uh, rheumatoid arthritis situation. And she had a bunch of other issues going on. It took me a year to clean her up dietarily. We, you know, we, we changed her diet. We, uh, we killed the Lyme disease. We straightened her out, did everything we could. She was asymptomatic. She gets the first vaccine unbeknownst to me. She just goes and gets it done. Um, she develops Bell's palsy after the first Pfizer shot. Okay. And it was mild. It wasn't severe. So she wasn't too worried about it. By the time the second vaccine was coming around, the vac the Bell's palsy had worn off and she was doing okay. She gets the second vaccine and all her autoimmune stuff flares up to the hill. Her ulcerative colitis comes back. All her joints are inflamed. I went as far with her as uh, to clear up her autoimmunity. I ha she had her breast implants removed and I figured that was a contributing factor. So she was good. And she gets this vaccine and the snowball just kept going. And so she calls me like a month afterwards and she's like, what can we do? I said, there's nothing we can do. I can't detoxify you from a genetically modificating, uh, modification of your cells. Right now, every cell in her body is basically producing spike proteins and her immune system is all revved up. It's already revved up. I mean, she's, I've taken away all the antigens that were contributing to her previous problems. We changed her diet, we killed her gut. Um, you know, we killed the Lyme bacteria that was initiating the autoimmune response. But now she's got this situation and she's like, what can I do? I said, there's not much I can do. Um, I go, if you wanna get on a course of steroids, prednisone, suppress your immune system, calm down the inflammation. The kicker is she did it for 10 days and it didn't touch the autoimmune reaction. And that's scary. That's super, super scary. So I had another patient just recently who uh, I've been treating for a number of years. She has a condition called lupus. This is discoid lupus, which affects the skin, kind of ulcerations on the skin, asymptomatic for the past several years, just doing everything right. And uh, she gets the vaccine. After the first vaccine, it starts to flare up a little bit. It calms down. After the second one, she's in a full-blown flare-up and nothing will touch it. So that's what I'm seeing. Dr. Frank, I, I, I so I... I was diagnosed with lupus in 2005 okay. and I battled with it for a few years through diet and exercise and, you know, treating my body a little better. It went down, but I got tested again recently because in my mind, I don't have it, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in my mind, I, I don't have it, but I got tested again. And my doctor said, you have lupus and you're predisposed to certain things, but for whatever reason, you're, you're showing no symptoms. So whatever you're doing, Keep, keep doing, doing it. it. Yeah. And so when it comes to the vaccine, I'm, I, I get pressured by my friends. Like, are you going to no, take it? I'll sign you up. I'm, I, and I'm telling them, I got lupus. Leave me the hell alone. Yeah. And I'm just going to use my, my lupus card. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, the, the crazy thing though, is that these people are getting the vaccine. They're saying, oh, well, I asked my doctor, I asked my rheumatologist if I can get this vaccine. And he said, hell yeah, you should definitely get it because you have an autoimmune disease, so you're more susceptible to problems if you do develop COVID. So, I mean, that's how they're pressuring these people. And that's misinformation, in my opinion, because I see it day in and day out. Listen, I go looking for the root cause of illness. That's what I do. I'm a naturopathic physician. And if I can find that root cause, what's driving this process, then I can, I can, I can go after it. But if you genetically modify someone's system, if you basically turn their cells into an antigen-making 
factory. You can't turn that off. So I, you know, what do I say to my patients? I said, listen, it's a roll of the dice. It's not necessarily, not everyone's going to develop an autoimmune flare up if they get this vaccine, but why take the chance? Because we're dealing with a virus that has a 99.997% recovery rate. Okay. Even in elderly people, you know, it's, it may go down a little bit, maybe down to like 96 or 95, maybe in someone that's like 80 or 90, but I mean, you got a good recovery rate here. I've treated over two dozen cases of COVID-19 in the past year, and no one ended up in the hospital. No one ended up on a ventilator. And it was, you know, two, three days on my therapies, and they were asking me if they could go back to work. So, you know, that's the situation that I'm seeing here, especially in younger people. This vaccine should not be used in younger people. I mean, it shouldn't be used in anyone, but they should not be pushing it to, for younger people because younger people have a very strong innate immune system. Okay, so the you know natural killer cells that that's the first line of defense against any type of insult in the body. They have a strong innate immune system. So someone older, yes, their innate immune system goes down. So I treat my therapies are geared towards kind of ramping that up. You know. And it's cheap and easy. It's pennies a day, the treatments that I'm doing with people. It's nothing astronomical. Can you talk about that? Can you mention what those are? Absolutely. Yeah. So when a patient calls me, you know, and says, you know, or emails me and says, listen, I, I tested positive. I have all the symptoms of COVID. The first thing I have them do is most of my patients already are on, uh, on vitamin D. Okay. And I think vitamin D is like the number one thing to help with this. Um, you know, say something like 70% of patients that develop severe COVID are vitamin D deficient. And I think it's even higher than that. I think, you know, it's like, I think 100% of them are, are probably uh, vitamin D deficient. Vitamin D enhances the immune system. And so does vitamin A. So the first thing I do when a patient comes down with COVID is I say, I want you for the next four to five days to take 50,000 IUs of vitamin D every single day. It's best if they're already on it and their levels are pretty high. Then I have them do 100,000 IUs of vitamin A and I have them do that for four to five days. That, that initial blast to their system increases their innate immune system to help fight off this virus. I, have, I use a liposomal form of vitamin C, which is equivalent almost to like an IV of vitamin C. Uh, one bottle's 30, uh, 30 grams of vitamin C. I have them take a gram of vitamin C every couple waking hours for the first two days. So in, in two days, they're basically consuming 30 grams of vitamin C. It's amazing how quickly that works. Fevers go down, symptoms start to uh, go away. Uh, it's, it's equivalent, like I said, to an to a, a, a IV. And there's no bowel issues at all because it's liposomal, so it gets right into the bloodstream. Um, I'll use, I use zinc, obviously, you know, high dosages of, of, you know, bioavailable zinc. I use quercetin. Quercetin works as, uh, to allow zinc to enter into the cell. It works similar to how hydroxychloroquine works. Okay. Um, N-acetylcysteine is NAC. It's a, it's an antiviral. Okay. It increases glutathione levels, which is a master antioxidant in the liver. And it's also, uh, it also helps thin out mucus. So that's a cool added bonus. So if someone has the lung stuff going on there, it will thin out all that mucus in their lungs. So um, what else do I add into the mix? So I have a, a product that I actually developed myself, which is called antiviral complex. And it has something called monolaurin, which is a fatty acid derived from coconut milk, coconut oil. 
Um, it's also found in breast milk. It's strongly antiviral, stops the, vi the viral replication process. It also contains olive leaf extract, a couple different herbs in there. So I blast the people with this whole cocktail and literally within two to three days, we start seeing a resolution. I mean, the fevers go away, they get back on the mend. And I also, I'll do a lot of supportive stuff to the adrenal system because the adrenals get really crushed by this virus. So, I mean, I'm seeing it day in and day out. I mean, with patients that are older too, these aren't young people. You know, I'm getting older patients that are coming down with it and it's like, they're losing their sense of smell and taste. Some of them don't even know they have it. They call me up and say, well, I think I have COVID because uh, I was cleaning the toilet with this really strong smelly stuff and I couldn't smell it. I said, okay, well, more than likely you probably did pick it up, but you know, we're, we're gonna treat it. So, I mean, that's just my experience thus far. And I think it's just been completely mismanaged by conventional medicine. Um, you know, people are not even looking at this stuff. No one's talking about diet, lifestyle, nutrition, supplements. They're just talking about this freaking vaccine. I mean, let me get on every talk show and start spreading the, the word and let's get it out there. You know, it's like, Doctor, on, you know, it's, it, they're calling it a vaccine, but it's really it's like a therapeutic. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a treatment basically. It's a therapeutic because you can still get COVID. You can still spread COVID with a conventional vaccination. Like let's say a measles vaccine. Now you're producing basically immunoglobulins that are, you know, um, they're going to neutralize the virus. So you are immune, you know, uh, this is, you're not immune with this. You're still going to get it. And we don't know what's going to happen with these people when they do contract the actual virus, and then let alone people that get vaccinated. Now I'm reading all this new research about these variants that these people are going to be more susceptible to the variants of this virus. And it's, they're not going to, they're going to have a much harder time fighting off these different variants of the virus because their immune system so ramped up for this specific immunity against this one variant, this general, you know, spike protein. Now we're getting all these variations of this virus. So what's going to happen then? So I think we're going we're to be in for, a, you know, you heard it here first. You're going to, you're, we're going to be in for uh, some problems over the next, you know, six months to a year with people getting this vaccine. That's just how I see it. Just Dr. Frank, you're not the person who said that. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Frank, if I if I may ask you a question, uh, how much of your treatment um, when you're dealing with patients, how much of it is mental? Do you see that certain people who are contracting symptoms that there's a mental component to this? Are they maybe more susceptible possibly to the anxiety that we're feeling from the media's narrative about all this? It's funny that you say that because you know what? It's like, I just, in my practice, just, just recently, I have a guy that came to see me a year ago. He's been a long-term, long, long time patient, got a lot of health concerns. I mean, before anyone was wearing masks or even talking about this, this guy comes in basically with like a hazmat suit on. Okay. Comes in my office. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, this is like before anyone's even wearing masks or anything. He goes, oh, I can't get this. If I get this, I'll probably die. And I said, you know, you're not going to die. I go, let's learn about it. Let's figure it out. So this guy basically like hunkered down in his home for like a year he comes to see me like maybe a month ago yeah i got covid i said are you out of everyone you got covid he's like yeah he goes i don't know where i got it from i don't know how i got it i just got it you know and he he had all the symptoms i said well you survived i said you're here you survived i said what were your symptoms he goes well i was tired you know and you know i couldn't smell i couldn't taste i had a little cough I said, not as bad as you thought, huh? I go, I guess your immune system's pretty good. 
He's like, yeah. And he still had the, you know, he came in, he still had the mask. He's still, I said, you realize you have immunity now. I, you know, natural immunity to this. And he's, he's asking me if he should get the vaccination. I said, absolutely not. Why would you get the vaccination? You got the best thing going on here. You have natural immunity to this. You have specific immunity and you have T-cell immunity. I mean, so we don't know if the vaccine's providing all of that immunity. So, I mean, I yeah, so I think it. there is, a, I think people that are, the. It, it, I've seen it more and more, the people that are free willy and nilly haven't been even getting it. It's the people that are that are locked down with the mask, the double mask. I'm seeing these people get it, get it more often than the people that are out there because that's hey, how we uh, build our immune system. We know this, you know, you have to come in contact. You got to play in the dirt, you know, you have to come in contact with bacteria and viruses to enhance and build your immune yeah. system. If well, you what live you in a sterile environment, how, how are you going to fight this stuff off? What do you think about the masks themselves as being an exacerbating factor in illness? I think, I mean, I think that that's a huge part of it because, I mean, you think about it, these masks are disgusting. I mean, they're dirty. So how many people, I mean, I had a guy working on like work, doing some work at my house. He came in and he had this mask on. It looked like he, it was off the bottom of his shoe. It had, it had like more dirt. I said, you believe, you really think that that's healthy? I said, take that off. I go, you know, I go, I'm not afraid. Well, my business, the company, they, I have to wear this thing. So, well, then please get a new mask. I mean, you're, you're, you're causing more problems for yourself with that dirty but mask. I also heard recently about, I think it was Canada, the Primerica guys, if you've heard this, you could correct me or agree that they recalled a bunch of masks because of the toxins that were in well, there's the formaldehyde mask. in it. There's traces of formaldehyde in these masks. I mean, they're all made from in China. I mean, I saw a YouTube video of some guy making these the masks in this sweatshop and they're falling on the ground and they're bagging them up. I mean, so yeah, if you're breathing, you know, traces of formaldehyde uh, all day long, yeah, that can't be good for your immune system. So I mean, it's, it's Dr. Ayeda, do, do you yes, think sir. COVID, do you think COVID's a real thing? You don't think it's just the flu rebranded? You actually, do you actually think it's from like a laboratory? I mean, look at the flu is all the way down. I mean, and then, I, I think, if you look I at think, the PCR tests, even Kerry Mullis said they're unreliable. And if they run them for 30 cycles, you're going to come up positive. So you think this is a new disease that we didn't have in 2019 or 2018? I think, I think this has been around for a while. I think that this type of virus, I think, honestly, I think I had it well over a year ago. I think everyone in my family had it because I, I, you know, I was at one point before this even came out, my daughter had something and my wife had something. So, I mean, in your, to, to answer your question about the flu, it's like, where, where did it go? And if, if one more person says that the flu is not here because we're wearing masks and social distancing, I'm going to lose my mind because <laughs> Me too. How, how is that possible, man? You know, because when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, then COVID should be gone. You know, is it, I mean, so I think that the problem is that no one's testing for influenza A and influenza B anymore. They're just doing COVID testing. And with the, the, the PCR testing, because it is, they're running 40 cycles on it and they've toned that down, I guess now. And that's how you saw all the cases drop because they've toned that down because the CDC came out and said, yeah, we've been, yeah, that's, we've been doing the wrong thing. And so, you know, it just happened right after the election too. So. Yeah. yeah Dr. Fauci came out and said what we've been saying for a while now that if you run 35 or more cycles, you can find trace amounts of anything, a dead virus, something that's, you or know, a lot of these viral particles because they really haven't isolated the whole genome of this virus. They, you know, they think it, 
what they know about it is, I mean, they, they're, they're checking for little snippets, little part. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack with that, with that PCR test, but that's why they run it so much. You know, it's not the proper test for this particular type of virus. You know, I, I, I treat a lot of Lyme disease in my practice. And, uh, you know, so we use a PCR test sometimes when we're trying to test what we're trying to find uh, Lyme in someone's tissue and in, in their, in their blood. And even that, I mean, it's like, you really have to, it's, it's like really looking for a needle in a haystack. I mean, if you draw fluid out of someone's knee and you're doing, you do a PCR test looking for the bacterial DNA, you know, you can find some, but, you know, looking at it through the whole body and the blood, I mean, it's, it's not accurate. It's Speaking not of effective test. vaccines, how about that Lyme disease vaccine? Huh? I remember that was a great success. Well, you know what? They're going to try and I bet you they're going to they're going to try and re, redo this. I mean, this new this new mRNA vaccine vaccine stuff. They're going to try and repurpose this for you know HIV new HIV vaccine. They're going to come out with you know with this mRNA uh, technology and they're going to try and use it as a cancer vaccine as well. So they're going to basically make your cells start producing certain proteins. I mean, they're just it's all science. I mean, they're just, they're playing, we're, we're, we're the science experiment. You know, this is not tested on animals. We're they're going straight for the humans with all these vaccines. Well, yeah. And that, that's coming back to the emergency approval thing. You got it. Because yeah. we, we did, we skipped, you know, clinical animal trials on all of these va vaccines that, that are being distributed right now and going forward there's the allowance has already happened. The permission yeah. has already been given. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like no, like at the, the point to when untested rushed emergency approved drugs were being all but force administered on the population and no one like, and everyone just said, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or a handful of us were like, no, this is bullshit. And here's why. Like the, the majority of the population not pushing back on this gave permission for it to happen again and again and again. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to get uh, the population writ large to stand up to this. Well, even if, even if we start seeing a lot of injuries with this, what they're going to say is that there's no correlation because what's going to, what I feel is going to happen is that there's a delay in the effects, the negative effects of these, like the severe effects. Yes, okay, someone gets the vaccine, they pass out, they're right there, you know, and they come back or they have some anaphylaxis, they get treated, immediate issue. I'm worried about what's going to happen six months, a year, because it can take months to years to manifest symptoms of an autoimmune disease or cancer. You know, it, it's not an overnight thing. And so, how do you correlate that vaccine years later, you know, with this, you know, that you had years, years ago to your current situation that that's brushed under the rug and then talk about the legal, I mean, you can't sue the vaccine company. I mean, so there's no legal recourse. What are you going to do if you get injured? Oh, well, you know, it's like, you're out, you're on your own pretty much. Mm -hmm. And that's like that for any vaccine, any vaccine. Dr. Frank. I think a lot of people who are listening to this want to know, how can we find a doctor like you in our area? Uh, and more specifically, how do you find a doctor that is not really willing to get on board with pushing the vaccine? Well, that's, I mean, because even people, even doctors in my field are going to, are, are, you know, promoting the vaccine, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's just who you get, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
I'm a, as a naturopathic physician, we're licensed in a certain number of states in the United States. There's certain states that we're not licensed in. I'm in Connecticut, so obviously I'm, I'm licensed. And uh, we have a national association. Uh, it's called the AANP and uh, American Association of Naturopathic Physicians. And that's how, I mean, you have to, we have a list of all the, all the doctors that are, are, are licensed in the United States on there. So that's how you would find a doctor like myself, you know. Um, but there's also, you know, there's other holistic doctors, um, you know, functional medicine doctors uh, that are, that are, have the same mindset as me that we, you know, we don't just, we're not going to just treat this with this simplistic mechanistic model of just using this vaccine. We're going to use it, you treat this as a, as a holistic type of thing. Um, so yeah, there's, there's people out there. I mean, there's people out there with this, with the same mindset as me. It's just a matter well, of finding a lot of them. Yeah. There's a point I'd like to make is A&W, when they got in the hamburger business, they did this huge market survey. And what they did is they they asked, they tried to compete with McDonald's quarter pounder. So they did a huge market survey to see what Americans thought was bigger, the third pound burger or the quarter pounder burger. And Americans were so stupid, everybody thought the quarter pounder burger was bigger. So that is just a, a perfect representation of how stupid people are. And that we're actually currently in idiocracy. You know, that was a documentary, Truth in the Movies lies in the news i think that's a perfect representation so when when people tell you everything is safe and effective it's the opposite of that so i just have very little hope and i see a doctor like you dr iada thank you for being woke my dog for lack of a better <laughs> word we need more people like you you are a badass thank you brother i appreciate it speaking of my dog have you heard did anybody uh confirm that if dmx got the vaccine before he passed away i know that was kind of yeah rough. i heard I, I i heard he did that's that's what i saw you know but who knows you know it could have oh. been hearsay you segued oh, that with my dog that i followed that <laughs> I, did. I did yeah that's okay. awesome thank <laughs> you so for those that don't know papa duck is like the rap connection on his instagram saying that he talked to his sister and apparently it happened two weeks prior and then he also tweeted out that one like semi mainstream media story. So, you know, that that is a very real possibility. Obviously, the Hagler stuff was never explained away at all. Hey, like, uh, you know, they talked about it, but <clears throat> his wife never said how the family knew that he'd gotten the vaccine. Never said that he didn't get the vaccine, said she did not speak proper English. And it was reported by the mainstream media who is wrong time and time and time again. I mean, how would Spinks know if it wasn't a family member that reached out to him specifically about a vaccine injury and hospitalization to put that on his Instagram literally, I believe, like 36 hours uh, before his death was announced? You know, none of that's been explained away. So, you know, look. I think that uh, the doctor's right. I think five, six years down the line, um, there's a very real possibility that some of these things start happening at an accelerated level. And of course, they're not going to take uh, responsibility for that. I, I think that's the play. But at the same time, they're already talking about vaccine three. They're telling you that even if you have this stuff and you want to go on vacation, you still got to wear a mask. You still have to social distance. So while this is all going on, I think the next parlay is going to make these lockdowns and restrictions more about climate change. If anybody has seen, uh, for instance, the Veritas leaks yeah, yeah. this week, um, I, I think that emphasizes more and more of this narrative that Klaus Schwab and the gang have uh, started building around this great reset. Um, and 
the fact that they think they're going to use that as the next COVID and kind of substitute it. We've seen Bloomberg now uh, put out articles about permanent lockdown. We've seen Forbes saying we need uh, the pandemic lockdown equivalent, uh, what, every two or so years. So I believe in the next six to 12 months, that will be the next big crisis they try to portray you know, again, as they try to portray, you know, a world that's collapsing, all these food shortages are our fault. Climate change is our fault. The degraded soil is our fault. And try to, again, micromanage more and more of our lives. Yeah. Well, let's get uh, the Resistance Chronicle in here. You guys, look. first of all, your setup is awesome because it looks like you're you're in a room where you waterboard somebody who owes you money. You look <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're doing that and we're eating Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we have to pay for ours <laughs> as of now. What's um, going on in New Hampshire? Because you guys, if you guys aren't familiar with them, they're they're from New Hampshire, and uh, you know they they lifted the mandate. So I, I think that's a step in the right direction. Kind of, but people are still wearing it. They, it's like they never actually got rid of the mandate. And like Best Buy went there the other day. They're still doing limited capacity. And they gave them a face shield in Best Buy. Yeah, so I was like, I in. can't wear a mask because I got a medical condition. And they're like, oh, well, that's good. We got a face shield you can wear. I'm like, oh, what? Y'all have Krispy Kreme, though, in Canada, right? We're in New Hampshire, not Canada. Oh, shit. Well, then you, what do you mean you're in New Hampshire? You you have Krispy Kreme, right? They're free we, then. We used to have Krispy Kreme. Yeah. They oh, shit. Yeah. What a bu- what a bummer. So, so it's mixed here in, in New Hampshire. There's there's a, a lot of people that are are on board with, with going without the mask and, and taking the governor up on, on this, you know, release of the mandate. And it's like, oh, thank you, thank you, our our, our governor for, for allowing us to breathe air and, and walk around. Um, and, and supposedly he's going to take the partitions out of restaurants on the 15th, but who knows what's going to happen. He's probably just waiting to see what kind of, kind of kickback he gets from, from the, the, the mask mandates. But, um, you know, you got some people that are just, you know, still wearing that mask and, and, and loving it and embracing it and sticking their kids in it. I picked my daughter up from her running club after school and she's only nine years old and, and they're having these kids run around with, with masks on and, and thank God I'm her father because she knows when to whip that freaking thing off and, 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 and not have it next to her and, and the vaccine is being pushed big time. And I don't know if you know this, Ricky, being on the border of Massachusetts, if you're down to get the vaccine, our governor has opened it up to other states because there's such a large supply of the vaccine available in the state because nobody wants to freaking get it. Um, but you got signs uh, going up Route 16 into the Lakes region. And, and the sign says, this is your only shot to get back to normal. And it's an advertisement for the vaccine. I think there's just so much money wrapped up into this that, that they're just going to keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And, and, and that's advertise the vaccine on your license plates where it says live free or die by the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are going to live free after getting the vaccine. Other people are going to die from the vaccine. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. Cause it, it always seemed like one of those States where, cause I was there, uh, in 2020 for the 4th of July, we went up there with our family and it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, we went to Hampton beach. People seem to be pretty like, you know, pretty laid back, not taking it seriously. But I think it's changed since then. And it's gotten a little, uh, people have gotten a little bit more freaked out about it. The propaganda has reached them. 
the beaches were super hit or miss last summer. I mean, we only had like a 15 mile strip of, of beach that, that runs through New Hampshire. And you had some of your smaller private-ish beaches that were good. Hampton, I didn't hit up because I thought that was just gonna be a total shit show all summer long. Um, but I guess at the state reservation, so when you come over the bridge and, and you come into Hampton and it's, you know, picture like a, like, like a, like a boardwalk-esque kind of place with arcades and condos and stuff like that. There's the state reservation, which is the main beach there. You had to make reservations to, to go to the beach. So what we did last year was we said, we're not dealing with this crap. We're not going to you know, put our, our kids in, in bathing suits and a mask and have them, have them walk around. We bought a little index pool. We went in our backyard. And guys, we, we had the summer of our lives last year. And, and what, part of what we do here on the Resistance Chronicle is we want to talk about you know, self-sufficiency too. So like, like gardening and homesteading and, and, and you know, just getting, getting back to the, the stuff that, that made us humans. And, and, and you know, some, some really good times created some really weak people. Now, now some strong people need to, need to create some, some, some really good times again. And it's up to us to, to kind of, kind of spread that word, man. I think we need to instill an attitude of never relaxing about this because we can't, if we start trusting uh, centralized authorities too much, uh, they always need to be questioned. They always need to be doubted. Uh, That that's what got us in the situation we're in too much confidence. But Matt, you know, you're down in uh, Southeast Asia. The, you know, a lot of us are up here in the Northeast. I mean, it's a, it's a different story. Are people uh, where you're at, are they following restrictions? Is it locked you down know, the same degree? I, it's What's the 80, it like? I, I call it the 80-20 rule. Uh, 80% of the people don't believe the narrative. Uh, 20% do. Uh, but 95% of that 80% follows the mandate roughly, kind of loosely, but like the most of the masks are below their nose or underneath their chin. I went out, in fact, I hadn't went out for a year because I just didn't know exactly how the local police were going to treat people. I'd stayed home, had things delivered in, but in the last month, I've started going out. And what I've noticed is you keep that thing below your chin. If someone says something, okay, you lift it, put it up above your nose, walk until they're out of sight, put it back down. They're not going to say anything. I walk, As I said earlier, I walked by these, well, the city has like five or six triage zones where all of the sick are supposed to go, right? They're all empty. I went to, I walked right by the central triage on Friday. Just the people manning it were there. And they weren't wearing masks. It was it was quite funny because we walked by the corner and there were a group of police. They were not wearing masks. They put up this banner for, you know, this road is closed. You see them taking a picture and they're all putting their masks up. They fold up the banner and they put down their masks. They don't believe the narrative. Why does it continue being pressed here? We get World Bank money. That's why. Mm-hmm. And nobody really believes it except that small, well, not really small, 19 to 20%. The last survey I heard said only 19% wanted the vaccine. Wow. Well, so I you've got, you, I you've got to be worried about the fact that 
all of these big corporations are selectively enforcing it. You know, you got these guys over in New Hampshire that are talking about how things haven't changed. I would totally agree that a lot of places are that way. Luckily, there's so much resistance in Iowa, for instance. You know, like there's a line that somebody says to you at Walmart. Nobody chases you down. You walk in and there's still about 25, 30 percent of the people not wearing masks. They still got to hold about 70 percent. There is no mandate. There are no rules, all those things. We have to remember that big tech just had a large conference. I believe it was representatives of a hundred different companies, Starbucks and all these other ones among them. And the tagline, it was for uh, election integrity and what's going on in Georgia. However, they said they were talking about other political issues. And I can guarantee you one of those political issues is not only these vaccine passports, but getting on board on this uh, health, well, and safety seal that has different tiers and you have to have certain things instituted into your private businesses in order to have them. So obviously they're gonna get on board with this because this is gonna work their competitors out. You'll have to pay a fee, you'll have to keep mm -hmm. it up to code, and it'll essentially, again, work as you know this fascist technopoly that has been erected to maybe not enforce it through law at first, but coerce you with it uh, by means of trade. Yeah. It's oh, shitty. <laughs> Something I wanted to ask uh, uh, Dr. Aida, because we talked about this when you were on my show recently, the because the vaccine is only legal because of, you know, authorization, because we're in a state of emergency, quote unquote, uh, does that mean that more likely they're going to try to keep us in a state of panic and emergency? Because the second that that's gone, mm -hmm. that they can't legally be forcing people to get the vaccine and the whole vaccine passport, all these things would have to disappear. So it's almost like they have to keep us panicking and keep us in a state of emergency. Yeah, you brought up that point last time we spoke. And I, I agree with you. I mean, that's that's the whole thing to keep this going until they can get, you know, the proper testing so that the FDA does actually approve this vaccine. I don't I've I don't think that the FDA could really approve this vaccine. I mean, I don't know how they can like just legally approve it. You know, it's a, a, not emergency use because, you know, like I said, this technology has been out since 2002 for, you know, SARS one, they had, they, they were trying to put this out then. And then when it went to animal studies, the animals once, like I said, once it got exposed to the virus, the animals died. So it's like, what's going to happen? I, I just, I just don't know. I just, I mean, I don't know what, what their plans are long-term, but they have some plans. You know that, you know that. Absolutely. We yeah. have to keep adapting. And I think what we do here is important. We're comparing notes. I well, mean, we should be thinking even the crazy stuff is, is fair game because that's what they're thinking too. Well, well, I, well I, I'd like to make this point. It's obvious that it's a Hegelian dialectic. It's problem, reaction, solution. The idea, the solution the whole time was to sell vaccines. So they had to rebrand the flu to create the problem and create a mass hysteria to sell these vaccines. So they're not going anywhere. And see, that's, a, that's the problem is at, at first they rolled them out slow in order to create a, a fake shortness of supply. It's like what uh, the Rockefellers did with, you know, fossil fuels. They have to create some sort of sense of urgency so the people that are just so dumb, like, oh my God, is it, is it exclusive? I want some of it. I want some of that exclusive uh, medicine because people are so stupid. We're in, you know, literally, like I said, idiocracy. So uh, it's just very obvious that the vaccine was the end goal the whole time.
they, I, they, they are talking about like they're collecting like trading cards, right? Like, which one did you get? I got the Moderna. I got the Pfizer. It's like people are so excited about sharing which one they got. It's it's so silly. So well, and when and I'm when the sure Super Bowl comes, the angle. I'm so, I'm well, sorry, Jason. Go ahead. Well, you know, he, he was talking about you know the crazy stuff, right? And I've been harping a lot lately on obviously the transhumanism aspect of this. That's and not what, crazy. What you're looking at. Well, I know it's not crazy. That's the whole thing. <laughs> so there's this document here um, that I'd like to call uh, attention to. This is a NASA document, but it's really in conjunction with DARPA, the CIA, the FBI, all the big alphabet agencies. And it started as a PowerPoint from a guy that you'll see uh, above me named Dennis M. Bushnell. He's still the chief scientist at NASA and Langley, by the way. Now, in this document, which I think is pretty incredible, he um, basically predicts, and this is from 20 years ago, guys, that the bio-nano age will start in 2020 exactly, right there. IT era ends bio-nano, he was predicting this 19 plus years ago. Now, in this, he talks about civilian systems, Trojan horses, the future of warfare, the enemy after next. Well, the enemy after next in this, obviously, the uh, war on terror was the next enemy. And the enemy after this, uh, next in this one, is inside the continental United States. And so when I type in Trojan horse and all that stuff, they talk about their capabilities to inexpensively put on information, internet, and psychological warfare against us put binary, in other words, nanotechnology bio into the food supply and use their Trojan horses and civilian systems uh, to achieve these goals, AKA the Facebooks, Twitters of the worlds that they've erected. And when we get to, you know, the, the really, you know, juicy stuff, you know, I'm a big, big advocate that we need to be watching Elon Musk because he's nothing more than a front man for this transhumanist agenda. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he went on tour for this for a while. I found a speech uh, for NASA in 2011 where he just kind of lightly not only said that we might have to introduce some population control and he talked about us creating, you know, these humanoid creatures that would live on the earth. He specifically said designer humanoids, but by 2011, they had already put brain chips in 10,000 people. That's over a decade ago. So anybody who thinks they haven't had these things tested or that Neuralink is cool or it's going to be hip or Elon Musk is bringing, this is all DARPA, 110%. I would encourage people to go through that document. It is very alarming how on point they were with that timeline. Well, you know, the singularity point, right? This guy, Kurzweil, Kurzweil right? The only reason that he became so obsessed with this is because his father passed away and he felt like, you know, I, I did everything I could and I failed and I wanted to preserve my father's life and, and let him live forever, you know. So this guy, he's got this real self-interest, but I think it's it brings me back to something that Sam Tripoli has been talking about a lot, which is how they leverage the scarcity of life against death, right? So this guy has it in his head that we're these finite beings and we're just material and we're just, you know, chemical reactions creating consciousness. And I think that's the basis from which everything is all wrong with this narrative. It's like we're spiritual beings. We have energy. Our consciousness has a frequency that is outside of just the material range. So, you know, this Kurzweil guy is trying to recreate 
the soul in technological form. And I think ultimately they're going to fail. And it's not on us as human beings to help facilitate, you know, his father's reincarnation, right? So that's just my thoughts on it. Well, the scary thing is that all these guys are disciples of Kurzweil. <laughs> so, for instance, Bushnell, in the very uh, speech that I'm talking about, towards the end, actually talks about Kurzweil, the spiritual machines. And for those that don't know, it's now over a decade ago that Google themselves employed Kurzweil uh, for a division that would try to end death. Okay, so, you know, right now, the stuff they're rolling out in public, oh, China and the United States have human chimpanzee embryos, no shit. <laughs> They've had that for decades. All of this technology has been done underground for decades. If you read the open source documentation of the Department of Energy and MKUltra alone, you, you will have to know that this stuff is well beyond what we could even comprehend. And uh, right now, again, they put it on paper 20 plus years ago. This is the rollout. They've written books called COVID-19, The Great Rate Reset, telling you it's the rollout. Eric Schmidt has given lectures and written books. Do I have it right here? Like the new digital age, you know, years ago. This is the rollout. And if we want, like you said, we're not just chemicals. I totally believe that. I'm not a religious guy, uh, but I believe in good and evil. We've got something that constitutes a soul. This is it, man. This is the spiritual battle that Eisenhower warned us about a generation ago now. It's been almost a generation. We have to come to grips with that. We're not in Kansas anymore. There's too much, there's too much technology, too much infrastructure in plan around this event. Like it, it goes beyond just selling vaccines. I mean, that's just a, it seems like a payoff to a few people. There's, and it's that's just not going to go away. There's, it seems like there's just too much time, too much energy and uh, manpower put behind this to just kind of let it fizzle out. They got a lot of uh, apps to put on your phone and mm -hmm. it's just it's just not going to go away very quickly. Listen, too much advanced, advanced knowledge. Well, well, the DARPA rollout's here, right? We saw the 60 Minutes piece. Everybody was crazy for talking about chips. Well, this isn't even an RFID chip. This is a DARPA chip they've been working on forever. In the beginning of that speech, they talk about how the mRNA technique was pioneered by DARPA. Zombie Joe Biden going with the script told you we are going to have a DARPA-like initiative to end cancer. It is here. This is the face. They're, listen, they're going to make DARPA into the superheroes that they made NASA in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. That's mm -hmm. the next push. They're amalgamating them together. They've also commercialized them with people like Musk and Bezos. That's why you have SpaceX. That's why you have Blue Origin. It's just an extension of that. And it's really funny. So the next age after the bio nano age, if you look at that document, is actual the virtual age. They don't know when it's going to begin. But if you get into Bushnell, and now this push, right, we're going to Mars. Bullshit, we're not fucking going to Mars. But he starts talking about later on in our consciousness, well, people might not actually go to Mars, but they'll think they're on Mars. <laughs> oh, they'll be able to virtually go there and our holodeck-like experience, once we upload your consciousness to this silicon that we've already worked out, they'll think you're going on these virtual trips. And that's a more recent interview. I'm going to be doing a video on that as well. But that's the big trick. They're going to promise you all these things in uploading your consciousness. And you're fucking dead. It's a computer system. That's not you. That's not your soul. That's not shit. Mm -hmm. It's a mm -hmm. fucking computer game. You need to get with it, people. 
And that's how they're going to trick you. Oh, we, we have all this scarcity, but you're going to live beyond your wildest dreams that you could in this ooey gooey flesh if you sign up for our bullshit. No, thanks. One, one thing that I noticed uh, to Mike's point is that there's, there's just far too much advanced knowledge of of this um whether it be event 201 whether it be the spars document from 2017 or the rockefeller lockstep from 2010 there's far too much advanced knowledge and role-playing scenarios that are playing out almost identical to what we're experiencing for this to be anything other than a planned event and i think that people are starting to kind of wake up to that and it's breaking their brains because if it's a planned event what's the planned outcome and you mm -hmm. start to see these vaccines being pushed and it's it's not coming from a real scientific place it's coming from a, a, a madison avenue uh marketing standpoint there's a lot of celebrities involved it's a little too cultish it should be kind of like red sirens flashing for people to say wait a second wait a second why are they pushing the vaccine so hard an untested, unproven, rush to market experimental vaccine that doesn't have any sort of liability protection and the government is just okay to. Why are all of the celebrities on board with this? Because even if, it, even if it's, it's not planned, it's very well thought out, extremely well thought out with a lot of different contingencies and responses prefabricated. Well, yeah. Well, guys, I mean, as Jason said, this stuff has been in media. I was just looking for James Cameron in the year 2000, Dark Angel, transgenic human beings. And the scene for the TV show was 2019. That was the setting. So, yeah, they've been thinking about this forever. Did you guys see that uh, NBC special last night? The Roll Up Your Sleeves campaign? Michelle Obama called on Russell Wilson and Sierra and... Uh, I don't even know all the celebrities that were on there. Jennifer Lopez, um, Mariah Carey. There's a whole bunch of celebrities on this NBC special last night getting their vaccines and telling everybody else to go get them too. There's a big Twitter. It's account. a cult. It was it's a cult-like mentality. It was absolute insanity. And of course, you know, the vaccine manufacturers can't go and pay for a bunch of advertising because this is under EUA. Um, so they're getting all the celebrities to go do their bidding for them. And that's, that's where we're at. And all these young kids are going. And saying how excited they are to go get their vaccine as soon as it, it gets that EUA because my favorite celebrity did it. I mean, how are people not saying this? Is What's your favorite celebrity? <laughs> Have none. Oh, <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> His is filled with gravy, though. His vaccines are much, much better. Jack Daniels and gravy? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Brain force. Brain force. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it is scary, and the transhumanism thing is is scary because you can see that's kind of like the end game. That's kind of what they're like. This is all just little baby steps that slowly get us there. You know, it's like that boiling frog thing where it's just you know you throw the uh, frog and, and boiling water jumps out, but if you slowly start boiling the water, next thing you know, it doesn't know it's in boiling water, and that's kind of what's happened to the population. We're just like. Hey, two weeks, just locked down for two, oh, just a couple more weeks, a couple more months. And it's uh, actually Hotep said this when he was on my show. It, it, it's if you have I, I've, I'm going to mess it up like I mess up everybody's quote, but it's it's, uh, you know, if you have 100 feet of chain, are you free? You know, if you have a thousand feet of chain, are, are are you free? Are you freer? You know, it's like, are you ever really free? So it's like this idea of like they 
they completely shut down the world. They took away all our freedoms and rights. And then they give us a little bit and we're supposed to be happy and satisfied. And it, at the end of the day, it's like we should be mad about, you know, not having all of them back, you know, instead of just being content with having a few. I want to I want to throw some bail to the celebrities, which would be the unpopular thing to do right now. But I want to throw some throw them some bail really fast and just put things into context because I've worked with celebrities and um, I've had the schedule of a celebrity in working with celebrities. And one, I, one thing I do know is that when your schedule daily is filled, you probably have like few sparse moments in a day where you can actually like check out Twitter or check out some information, da, 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 da. And then it's like, by the time you get home, you just want to go to sleep, right? So I don't always think that the celebrities are part of some globalist agenda, although many of them are. A lot of times, I just think it's pure ignorance mm. and the fact that they don't have time to look up this stuff. Also, I think it's some of it's so I think I broke it down in three categories. It's like being complicit, being ignorant. And the other one is um, the peer pressure. You know, like if you don't go do this, people are like, oh, what are you trying to kill grandma? So they're afraid and their careers are dependent upon this stuff. But sometimes I feel it's just like they think they're doing the right thing out of ignorance and naivety. So when somebody says, hey, do you want to come and do this special? Their agent, their PR agents like, yeah, yeah, go do this. This is good publicity, right? It's going to make you look good in front of the, the hoi polloi, you know, the masses, the sheep and whatnot. So they take it as sort of a grift sometimes. But I think many of them think they're doing the right thing, but they don't know. They, they, don't, they don't know a thing. These celebrities don't know anything. The only thing they know is how to act or how to play the drums or how to rap. See, Hotep, hey, I want to say I want to make a point. See, I disagree. Like when you look at Lady Gaga and how she's into spirit cooking and everything, it literally goes when you look at you know. And real quick, let me make this point. When you look at the leaked emails with Podesta. They're talking about worshiping, uh, sacrificing chicken to Moloch. It literally goes back to the Bible, uh, Genesis chapter eleven, verse nine. That's the Tower of Babel, and in that, Nimrod wants to build a you know, a tower to heaven to kill God. And that's what they want to do. They want to create a modern day Tower of Babel and create us under all one ruler, the NWO. So it's like, I believe these celebrities and Hillary Clinton and Michelle Obama, they're all in on it. Lady Gaga, they love it because they know I, I did. I did put that. Makers. I did put that disclaimer in there that some of them are along with the agenda. I did say that. <laughs> Just yeah, to be true, clear. That's true. That's true. <laughs> some of them are definitely involved in behind the scenes. Yes. There are, but I believe that many of them are just stupid. Well, right. and I well, think more, a little bit more to that point and to that stupidity, uh, because this has been so politicized and because Hollywood in general and the media in general is so overwhelmingly neoliberal, it's become one of those, oh, well, you're a stupid right winger and I'm smart and I'm trusting the science and right. this is what the science says and now believe the science is a fucking religion. Uh, uh, which is also the most anti-science thing you could possibly ever do and say is say the science on this is settled well, no no that's the most anti-science you could possibly be the one thing we know about science is that it's always open to new information and you always have to ask so. questions and keep putting it up to review and we've not done that at all with any of this 
Mm-hmm. And this goes into another topic we can touch on a little bit because all this information is super important. I, I completely agree with Hotep in regards to some of you know people who are busy. They just don't have the time to really do a thorough research on this. So and then they get pushed in one direction and then they don't have anybody to push them in another direction. So they just go in the direction they get pushed in. But I also think that's the problem for the common person. Like there's many people who just go to work. They take care of their kids. They do this. They do that. Like I might have a conversation with them at the gym or I might have a conversation with them at the basketball court or whatever. And I might plant a little seed of doubt on what's really going on. Well, what's going to happen? They go home, they go on, you know, the two major search engines, Google and YouTube, and they search some of the things I'm talking about. Well, Ricky seems like a fucking crazy person because all the things he's referring to doesn't exist. I can't find any of this stuff. So now it's like, yeah, in, in, in some circumstances, there's examples of people who are completely tribal as people who are just basically going along with the herd, whatever their group's saying, that's what they're saying. And then there's some people who might actually have doubts, who might actually be skeptical, but the censorship issue, this is why the censorship issue is such a big deal, but they don't even have the ability to see all sides of the argument. They can't even find, you know, uh, some of the cases of people who passed away after the virus or after getting the vaccine. They can't even find the doctors like Dr. Aida and, and some of the other doctors we've had on the show, um, Dr. Kendra Becker and Dr. Scott Jensen and all these people. And Scott, Dr. Scott Jensen just got kicked off TikTok of all places, which is hilarious. But um, and uh. So you can't even find these people, you know, you can't find these alternative perspectives. So it's like, even if you wanted to, uh, you know, go down some rabbit holes, it's getting harder and harder to go down those rabbit holes. I mean, eventually we've said it on the show before. I mean, YouTube's going to be cooking videos and cat videos, you know, sooner or later. And then it's, you really do have to go on Odyssey or Rockfin. I mean, if you just go on the homepage of any of these alternatives, BitChute, Odyssey, Rockfin, in two seconds, you get way more information and way more interesting content than you will spending all day on YouTube because they just won't give it to you. Well, well, let me talk about the celebrity issue and like the social influencer one. One of the things you didn't talk about was now you have these like lower level social influencers or whatever coming out and saying, I've already gotten this amount of money offered twice for doing a vaccine selfie or a vaccine video of me getting the vaccine. So these companies or these NGOs are actually offering some of these celebrities money or these social influencers money to promote this. That's something that we can't discount. That's something that's actually talked about in the SPARS documents as well. Now with both levels, I think that, you know, Hotep's right in the sense that a lot of these celebrities, you look at that Vax Live, I don't wanna believe that Eddie Vedder's evil. I wanna think that Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam are trying to save the world and think this is good. I want to think that about the Foo Fighters and the shitty Mick Jagger video I watched, Easy Sleazy, you know? I want to believe that. But then I look at somebody like Lady Gaga, which he mentioned, and the company she keeps, the fact that her and Jennifer Lopez, you know, they're big on this well and healthness safety seal. I see them, you know, a little bit differently, right? With a Michael B. Jordan, somebody who's outwardly out about the money and his influence, I, he sees this as an opportunity. This is how I get my face out there. Absolutely. But that plays into the system. There are so very few people, you know, that are standing up against what's going on right now in that Hollywood system that we should be extremely scared. And especially in the rock and rap scene, 
right? You would think that more people that made their way being quote unquote anti-establishment wouldn't be stepping into rolling up their arm for a fucking billionaire and his cronies. But that's just me. I mean, how much is enough? You know, some people it's never enough. Well, they didn't just leave it to having the celebrities uh, get paid off to influence this. Remember, the president of Belarus said that the IMF and World Bank offered him close to a billion dollars to lock his, his country down, and he turned them down. So it's not just, I mean, that's just a much larger scale um, play that's happening as well. So it, they're, they're, they're coming at you from every angle, the governmental top down, and then um, the social sort the social side of it, the media influencers and things like that. And yeah, there's plenty of, I mean, there's, I just, there's videos of Anthony Hopkins getting a fake shot where then you can see the nurse squirt, squirt it out after she's done. I mean, it's, it's uh. like they brought in the JV team to, to film these things. It's, it's embarrassing. Well, yet, here we are. Expect the, the to believe of this country. They, they might film it bad on purpose, so you so you notice it. Like I, per, you know, they might do that on purpose, so you actually notice. Troll, can it be troll? Uh, it 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 is it is. I hope so, because otherwise they're not sending their best. You know what I mean? To make these videos, it's pretty embarrassing. Well, Hotel actually did debate a celebrity on vaccines. Actually, it was an incredible, great podcast. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, Hotep has a uh, loopy fiasco on his show. And uh, I mean, he Hotep came prepared. But from your perspective, what do you think was somebody like Lupe, who was very passionate about like the pro vaccine? Do you think it, it was ignorance? Do you think that there was something else going on? What? Why do you think he seemed to kind of disregard your points and, and was not nearly as open minded to your perspective as you were to his? Um, so I got, I got three excuses for him and then actually two excuses and one fact. Um, one excuse I would say is he came to debate and he just wanted to win the argument, right? So usually sometimes people come to a debate, they don't care about the truth. They just want to win the argument. Whereas I'm just coming to find out the truth. Um, the other thing is, could be, maybe he just believes in this stuff, right? Maybe that's, that's actually what he believes. Um, I'm sorry. The third excuse was he's just trolling, right? He's just trolling. Um, yeah, some people are contrarian, just be contrarians, just to bring the truth to the surface. So that's more bail. But the truth of the matter is he said he was working with Bill Gates. That's what he said. That's a fact. So you infer what you want from that. And Hotep, you know, he had music, though, that was woke that talked about 9-11. So do you think that was all just written by some songwriter? Because, you know, he had some, I forget that song. No, I think he's trying to get back in the good graces of the powers that be. Because okay. he made some a couple of missteps in his career. And uh, he, went out, he went to war with Atlantic Records. And I don't know, maybe he wants to come back mainstream and get back in good graces of the powers that be. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just taking guesses here. Blinders. I mean, you look at Noam Chomsky can talk about manufacturing consent and all the propaganda and Edward Bernays, and then you bring up 9-11 and he's like, oh, that's ridiculous. It's like some people gatekeeper. Yeah. Well, and you look No, at, no, no, no. I, it's not gate, it's fear. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, some I'll, people, I'll some that. people, some yeah. people yeah. are afraid to lose their career. Yep. And and challenging certain subjects are too taboo for him to touch. And another case, right, let, me, let me ask you, when we, when we had, when I had Dennis McKenna on the show, and I know uh, Charlie and I talked about this because he had also Dennis McKenna. First time I had him on was years ago. And we talked all about big pharma and how they were suppressing plant medicines from the public and all these benefits of plant medicine. Then the second time I had him on was way too close to the election. And he went on this 
you know, pro Biden, anti-Trump ramped. And I'm like, wait, 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 you've taken psychedelics. Like, first of all, my, my whole perspective on this idea, like I remember hearing Rogan over and over again, oh, if we just give everybody psychedelics, like everybody would just be able to filter out the bullshit and all this stuff. I'm like, apparently he was wrong. Cause Ricky, Ricky, I just psychedelics. had, I just had John Potash on my show. And, you know, I gotta tell you that I don't agree with a lot of the sixties movement and this whole psychedelic. I mean, that was manufactured. I think a lot of good things came out of it. Uh, creativity, you know, artistic wise, but as far as activism goes, it really popped the tires on the whole movement. And I think John Potash, uh, really detailed that very well in his, uh, his film and his books, just kind of showing how the CIA and the FBI used drugs to manufacture this, you know, diversion that basically co-opted a lot of the activism that was coming out in that time. Um, his, his book was what, Drugs as a Weapon Against Us or something along those Drugs as Weapons Against Us, uh, the CIA's War Against Musicians and Activists. That's his film and his book has a similar title, but it's a, a little longer. But yeah, I think this is, you know, this history repeats itself, right? These idols that we call celebrities, they're no different than the gods of the ancient world. And I think, you know, one of the books I have in front of me, uh, because we have Dr. Frank Aida here, I'd like to ask him, uh, you know, Dr. Joseph Farrell makes this connection from uh, the Babylonian kind of connection and, and says that maybe they were um, genetically modifying people. And now we see this vaccine. It's mRNA like it, do you think that there's potentially a, a, a DNA consequence are they really going to alter our DNA with this thing what's your opinion as a doctor I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them I mean we don't know we really don't know what this long term what it's going to do you know when you start messing around with genes this is gene therapy I mean when you think about how it works you're getting injected with a synthetic informational dose essentially that's what messenger RNA is. It hijacks your cells, takes over your ribosomes. They start spitting out, you know, more and more at messenger RNA. And then your, your, your cells are spitting out certain proteins, you know, so you can, you can program your cells to do anything with this type of technology. It's, it's pretty crazy how they're, you know, how they're using this. Hey, hey doc, I, I've listened to another uh, medical professional that was talking about this and his claim, at least he was not, pro-vaccine okay he, he didn't feel you needed to be taking it uh but his contention was that since it was ribosomal that it wouldn't be carried on now i know that that doesn't mean we don't know what all's in there right we don't know how it actually affects you know because in your, the nucleus of the cell is your dna okay and you make messenger rna all day long so now you're injecting a synthetic messenger rna and it it, it could have interactions with your own with your own DNA. We don't know. I mean, they haven't studied this long enough. They don't really know the long-term consequences of it. And the more that I'm reading, the deeper I've been studying this since day one, you know, just reading everything that I can. And you're not going to hear any of this stuff on mainstream media, that's for sure. You know, and if you you come out and start saying this stuff, you get censored. Oh, you're nuts, you're crazy, you're going against, you know trying to kill grandma. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. But when you really think about it, you know, it's like this whole thing about you killing grandma. I mean, if grandma gets the vaccine and you don't, she's going to spread it to you. It's like, she's, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like, 
you know, uh, I had a patient come in and say, you know, uh, I had to get the vaccine to go out and, and visit my grandkids, you know, otherwise my, you know, my, my son and daughter-in-law won't let me see them. I'm like, well, you know, they're, they're, the young kids aren't going to get the vaccine. They're not even susceptible to, to any problems with this virus, but you get the vaccine, you go out there, you, you contract COVID. You don't even know you have it potentially if you have this, 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 this vac vaccine. And, uh, you know, if you're sick, you're going to stay home. You're going to stay away from people. Just like if you have a cold or a flu, you're not going to go coughing on people and everything else. But with this, you know, you get this vaccine, you can still get COVID and you can still spread it to everyone around you. So, I mean, I, that's, I guess that's the push. They want everyone to get it. That's the whole thing. So if you get it, mm -hmm. I get it. Then we're all, we can all hang out. You know, that's the kind of narrative that they're pushing with this whole thing to get people to do it. Have you heard, uh, have you heard some of those uh, crazier stories about the sort of the shedding from these, like women that are around a bunch of people that are being, that have been vaccinated, having their periods, uh, Way ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's the new thing. Or, what, say it again. Say it again. What, what about? The, <laughs> well, even, even so, so it's a, it's affecting women that have had the jab, and their periods are super heavy, or they missed their periods, or they have they're coming out of. There's a there's a there's a there, it's it, you know I I don't think we can phrase it as a period because a period means passing of the egg, but I think we can definitely say that the uterus is hemorrhaging. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. no yeah. ovulation, and and it's also not just from the direct jab, but they say being around people that have had it. So there's yeah. some sort of like I don't know if it's shedding of the spike proteins or something that's actually affecting the cycles. Yes, yes, I've seen I've seen women complaining about that online uh, within the past few days. Yeah, my daughter was telling it to me just a couple days ago. Hmm. It's hmm. Scary. It's scary. Susie, Susie. <laughs> uh, Dr. Christian Northrup just did a live about this last night with uh, Lawrence Plesky, another doctor, and um, talked about this very issue. And it's, you know, it's all obviously anecdotal because they're not going to be doing any kind of studies around this. But um, I personally know of several people and I've gotten hundreds of DMs in the last two days discussing the fact that these women that have not gotten the COVID-19 vaccine, but it's been exposed to others that have have had their cycles completely thrown off, having two periods in a month, very heavy bleeding, um, extreme signs of fatigue and headache, and just kind of like the most extreme um, ex symptoms that you have when you're on your period. I know all of you guys are really familiar with those symptoms. <laughs> just, yeah, super extreme and there's no explanation. And then people started saying, have you been around someone that had been recently vaccinated for COVID? And the answer keeps being yes. So it's all anecdotal, of course. And like I said, studies aren't coming Man, out. Imagine what a psyop that would be if they spread that. It wasn't true. Bringing it up. Yeah. Susie, can I ask you uh, what you think about the coverage now of the last, uh, I'd say probably week, week and a half of the blood clots, the AstraZeneca, what they're saying the death rate is? Because we know the AstraZeneca stuff, especially if you've been paying attention to mainstream media overseas, has been around more than a month. We saw it gradually get suspended because of these blood clots, heart attacks, deaths. But the mainstream media talking point is, well, this is happening in women. It's one in a million. It's one in a million. Is that accurate? And where are they getting that line from if it's not accurate and it goes directly against, say, our CDC VAERS data? Yeah, so it's absolutely not accurate. So what's happening is these, these women had um, thrombosis. They had blood clots and then they had thrombocytopenia, which is low platelets. 
combined, which is really rare, supposedly. But they're saying that this is only occurring by the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and that's why that vaccine was halted by the FDA and the CDC. They're saying we need a pause on this vaccine. However, if you look at the VAERS data, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, it's our government reporting system, it's our checks and balances, if there's a problem with the vaccine, then you will see that there were 103 cases of thrombocytopenia reported to VAERS prior to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine coming out, and the first dose was administered on March 2nd. So you can go look up at that data on the CDC website, like there's no disputing it, but if you post that data to social media, which is what I did, I posted on Facebook and um, it was moved, it was removed. And I was blocked from Facebook for three days. They said that I was not spreading misinformation, but malinformation. It's not that the information's not true, it's that the information could harm to others. And so I was removed from Facebook for three days and given a, a quote unquote final warning um, if I share that information again. And so then I got back on Facebook and someone asked me a question about the various data, specifically about the clotting and the issues that were going on with Johnson & Johnson. I answered two different people in comments and within one minute of my second comment, my account was suspended again. So that just goes to show that it doesn't matter. It's not that I'm going to a third party website where I'm sharing information. I am sharing direct information without additional commentary from me, directly from the CDC, directly from HHS, directly from the World Health Organization. And I'm being flagged as false news, malinformation and having my accounts banned. So they're trying to shut down the conversation no matter where you share the, share the data from. This has nothing to do with inflammatory, conspiratorial, whatever things you want to say. This has everything to do with getting the facts out there and these facts are threatening to the powers that be so they are going to shut you down and that's what they've done with me and that's why I was happy Ricky invited me on here tonight. Awesome. Because it's not about health. And it's right. absolutely not. And they've expanded their definition. You know, first you weren't allowed to talk about, say, uh, the vaccine. Well, they banned my channel on YouTube like a week and a half ago. I magically got it back within an hour. I don't know how it happened. Maybe because it was wrong. I've done actually a video on transhumanism, but now you're not allowed, if you read this right here, it says YouTube doesn't allow content that explicitly disputes the efficacy of local health authorities or the World Health Organization's guidance, not on the vaccines anymore, on social distancing and self-isolation that may lead people to act against that guidance. So in other words, if I tell people that they should hug one another, that's against the rules. If I tell them they should not wear a mask and be in social situations with each other and it's beyond 10 and it's 10 in that area of local authorities, they can now kick me off. This is a real email. They really kicked me off. I don't know how I got the channel back. I'll say it again. Um, the other strikes were for daring to uh, play Dr. Richard Pierre Corey uh, in front of, uh, what was it, the Senate, which got banned by YouTube. That's actually in the Wall Street Journal talking about ivermectin. I won't say anything else. I don't want to get this show banned. Um, but you can look at those clinical.gov studies on that drug as well. I'd like to, man, I, again, I don't want to get them banned, but I'd like to get Frank's uh, opinion on ivermectin and budesonide in particular, because we have more and more of those studies, right? We have the Oxford study now that says uh, budesonide in a double blind study with 146 uh, people kept people out of hospitals and urgent care 90% of the time. And then after the fact, gave them a quicker resolution of fever symptoms and fewer persistent systems after 28 days. You talked about C, D, obviously zinc. What do you think about those two drugs? Because they're widely cheap and available. Oh, absolutely. They are. They're definitely widely available. 
I don't have I don't have uh, any experience using that because my practice I don't use any prescription drugs. I just use completely everything natural. So I'm not going to discredit it. I've had patients who brought it upon themselves to to use these medications, and they did fine. They did great with it. So, but I have no I have no clinical experience myself. You know, offering it out. I just I don't use any drugs in my practice. So. I'm not the best person to ask as far as that goes. But what about off the shelf? What about off the shelf stuff like betadine, like antiseptic gargles and stuff like that? Same thing. Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I'd recommend stuff like that. I mean, absolutely. Uh, iodines, uh, silver extract, so forth. There's, there's a, there's a lot of different things that can be used. I mean, it's endless. I mean, there's so many different natural therapeutics that are, are, and it's more than anecdotal. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I've treated over, you know, over 24 patients over, you know, two dozen cases with, with different, uh, you know, and I, I varied it based upon their clinical signs and symptoms and so forth. Um, you know, the combination of zinc and the uh, quercetin, I find that, that works really, really well to get people's uh, taste and smell back too. Um, so that's one of the things that we've had a hard time with that, that lingers on. I have patients, you know, that, you know, people have come to see me, you know, months, they can't taste or smell anything. I get them on a couple things and they're, it starts to come back. So I got a couple quick questions for Susie too, kind of about VARES and about why J and J is getting thrown under the bus. No. Like if there's all this, all these deaths already in VARES officially from Moderna and Pfizer, is this just a big marketing campaign and a PR push from Pfizer and Moderna to throw J and J under the bus? Like, why is it getting so much publicity? And then the other thing is, have you noticed any problems with VARES in April? Cause I, I was in there getting the the deaths from the beginning of April. Now I can't get April's data. It's like they've taken away the weekly thing, and I don't know if they're going to allow you to get the new updated. Like it hasn't been updated since March, that I can tell. Yeah. So VAERS uh, data, they just updated it on the 9th of April, and they took a long time getting that new data in there. And I actually have it in front of me right now because I just made a post earlier today. Um, so for people that don't know, again, what VAERS is, it is our government website. That's where you go and you report if there's a reaction to a vaccine. As of April 9th, um, from December 12th, when they started administering these vaccines, there have been 68,347 reports made to VAERS. There have been 2,602 deaths, 5,074 hospitalizations, 10,078 urgent care visits, 10,693 office visits, 458 cases of anaphylaxis, 481 of Bell's palsy, 549 heart attacks, 100 miscarriages, 3,701 severe allergic reactions, and then 338 cases of thrombocytopenia. So you can see that that in and of itself, those numbers are high. There was a Harvard Pilgrim study done several years back that said that less than 1% of reactions were being reported to VAERS. So if you times those numbers by 100, that is terrifying. And, and that's we, just the States, not Europe, right? As we, it's just in the, it's in just in the United States, but there are about a hundred cases um, of people that have traveled that don't live in the U S and those have come into um, theirs as well. So it's all about a hundred of those are from people just in the U S. And the European database is, is like double that. Yeah. The European database is a mess. And that's why I'm just sticking in bears for now. Um, but it's, it's horrific. I mean, the situation's horrific. Like Dr. Frank said earlier, we have a 99.9% .9 recovery rate. You can look at these numbers that are coming into VAERS. He had a patient with Bell's palsy. We have plenty of therapeutics. Um, there's no reason for this vaccine campaign. And to answer your second question about throwing Johnson & Johnson under the bus, 
it's because it's a viral vector vaccine versus mRNA. Of course, this is my speculation, but they want everyone to get master RNA vaccines. They want to say that they are 100% safe and effective so that they can transfer over all of our vaccines to that technology so that they can start doing the cancer vaccines and everything else. And it's it's insanity. We don't have anything that shows us long term that this is going to be safe. We have very little data about it being effective, and we don't know the long-term effects that it's going to have on things like fertility, the reproductive harm that could come to our body with the homologies that we're seeing now with the Sensitin one. It's it's if you guys haven't looked at this, I would encourage you to look it up. It is it is a serious issue. We could be looking at an entire generation of sterilized men and women. Well, and put that alongside Klaus Schwab saying that the mRNA vaccine is the foundation, the framework for the fourth industrial revolution. Well, what what you got to do is you got to put that connection of the reproductive system being targeted by these experimental drugs in connection with uh, Gil Bates and his wife, Galinda, and their campaign for population control, which they've admitted to. So you got to put those two things together and then your tinfoil hat starts to uh, catch on fire. Well, I'll take it a step further. I mean, when he talks about this population control, now he's the largest farm owner in the United States. We now he has that land. He's been invested in Monsanto and GMO technologies for many years. And, you know, I was rewatching my film Shade the Motion Picture. This one was out in 2013. And back then, uh, I think they were doing it in South Korea because obviously you couldn't get away with doing it privately here, but they were growing live HIV virus in corn then. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about well over a decade ago, they were playing with all sorts of GMOs. I just showed you the document about putting bio and nanotechnology into our food supplies. This stuff should be terrifying. Unaccountable billionaires that have openly discussed population control with other billionaires such as Warren Buffett, Ted Turner, okay, George Soros, and name themselves the good guys club in the media over a, a decade ago should have been watched then. They should be not be embraced now. And the magic trick they've pulled over uh, the public's eyes with all of their drills and things like event 201, et cetera, et cetera, right in our faces is truly astonishing, but there is a resistance, right? We're all here talking. You know, I saw Hotep laugh when he said that certain people couldn't come and hug their own grandkids. It's anything but funny. I wish it wasn't real, but I'm seeing that in my my family as well. You know, we moved from New York, but the New York side, they're terrified. They're terrified, man. And, and I got a wedding coming up. And now some people might not come to my sister's wedding and they might not see their own grandchildren. I, I mean, the way they've been able to cross bounds of what even red and blue with this virus is astonishing. So I, I really hope that we can try to reach out to people, try to get them to look at these therapeutics and listen to doctors like Dr. Susie and Dr. Frank and say, hey, if you just do these certain things, there's no reason to get on board with what they're telling you on the television. Oh, I just want to say something before I cut out. Um, just a piece of information. I know many of the people here are familiar with this stuff. Um, great book here, Behold the Pale Horse. Uh, I've had this in my collection for years, but on page 122, it talks about the Federal uh, Emergency Management Agency. And there's a list of executive orders which have been consolidated according to my search here into Executive Order 11490. And then later on, uh, consolidated in 2012, 
uh, into Executive Order 13603, right? So when I think about the state that America is in right now, I want to blame whoever uh, was uh, an adult with kids uh, in 1964 or whenever uh, these things were first begun, because this is complete negligence on behalf of American citizens, uh, because this set the, this 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 executive order set the precedence to where, if there is an emergency, not even the White House has power anymore. FEMA has all the power, but it also consolidates power. And we you know we talked about how uh, centralization of power is communism. If anybody's interviewed me for or, or heard me speak on that topic, that centralization of power. Um, but again. This stuff has been legislated. So when people think about like, oh, these things are bad happening to us now. No, this has put been put in place before, you know, many of us here who have been born or, or, or this is the time when you were born. Right. So the people before us let this happen. So I think the, the, the best place to start now is in law. And case law. I'm working with uh, Andrew Esquire, Legal Mindset. He just went viral for his video on the Chauvin trial. Scott Adams uh, retweeted this video. And I'm very much interested in case law and starting to go back and, and target some of these things and repeal these laws. Uh, as opposed to trying to fight the present, there is no um, statute of limitation on some of these things. So you can go back as far as when well, you can go back to 1861 and start repealing some of these laws. And I think that's what it takes is to remove the precedent so that when we come to the present, it's like, well, that law was appealed because such and such appealed it, you know, uh, in 2021. Uh, but I just wanted to put that on, yeah. on the books. I, I, I if you grant, you. If you okay. grant that, the government uh, powers during an emergency, they will then create emergencies in which to justify the use of that power. Exactly. So that's how it works. You can't, exactly. you can't start it with them because they and, will. You know, it, it, right now is the time for people to be receptive to this. I, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of Biba Frey uh, on YouTube. Yep. Uh, he's a Montreal attorney and I've listened to him for the last year and a half or two years. And I've seen a radical change in the way he talks Yep, he's, uh, he's, he's on board. Right along with this whole thing, yep. He's on board. Mm, they got to him, huh? No, no, we got to him. No. Oh, we yeah, got to him. He, he's on our yeah, side. Oh, okay, awesome. Or, or sh I should say the data and the facts got to him. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's a very hopeful sign. Uh, Robert Barnes, which is an American attorney, is partnered with him. So, and he's pretty high up. And he seems to be, well, I won't say he's on our side, but he's well, at I least seeming to be. I, I, well, speaking of the legal stuff, I think they have legal jurisdiction to actually put in a federal mandate for vaccines. Supposedly it happened during the Spanish flu. So I'm just saying legality, well, legally, that they, they say that they can actually. That. Yeah, but I'm saying they actually say that they can actually put in federal legislation and make vaccines mandatory. And I think that that would just be with the Patriot Act 2.0. I mean, this is just obvious. This is a control method that is not going to be, they're not going to let up on these. these uh, state of well, Kentucky well, already passed legislation forbidding mandated vaccines. So. The, well, 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 that, that, that is the purpose of this. Like I know a lot of people were saying, Oh, you know, the purpose of the fact, nah, the vaccine is just a caveat. It's just a icing on the cake for them. The, the, this whole thing is about control. It's about saying you don't own your body. The government owns your body. 
Yeah, 100%. It's not my body, my choice. It's and, my body, the government's choice. Considering the well, the vaccine is just one of the methods of control. Hold on, Alex. Considering the litigation involved with genetically modified organisms, if what the doctor is saying is true and you get this vaccine and your genetics are modified, are you then, you know, under the ownership of yeah. that vaccine company? Correct. I mean, Probably. that is the suspicion I had, and I'm nobody Guys, special. So they I already didn't really... did it with animals. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Look at the seeds. And the food, yeah. 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 You know, the seeds of Monsanto seeds, they're, you know, they're patented. So if you, you, you plant something and you repurpose their seeds, you can't do that. I can imagine them then using this as a justification to say, well, you can only get your pharmaceuticals from this company and you can only get your insurance from this company and you can only get your vaccines from this company because now your health, your body is owned by Man, your a, Moderna or your Johnson & Johnson, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, I got a jet, but it's been a pleasure. Dr. Frank, I'm also in Connecticut, so it's been yes. a pleasure. I, yeah. I really brings me a lot of hope knowing that there's some bright people like you in my own state because it's kind of dim when you walk around New Haven, I'll tell you that. I hear it you. I'm here in like West Hartford, so I feel it too. So Okay, I, I had that feeling that you were up there. There's some there's some smart folks up there. All right, well, it's been a pleasure, everyone. I really appreciate Thanks, being here. And uh, again, like I said, send me all those links and we'll get it in the description. So Yeah, I, I got I got to head out too. Mark, thank you. Uh, everyone on the panel, Charlie, appreciate you guys. Uh, Hotepjesus.com for more information on me. Talk to you. Thanks. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Great job. <laughs> Gotta throw it in there. Love this low, you guys. It was so nice speaking with all of you tonight. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to have like the chance to talk to people that actually get it and have their eyes open. I live just outside of Seattle, Washington, and I'm the only person walking down without a mask on and not living in fear. So it's nice to connect and see your guys' faces. Well, oh, I can put you, you in touch with people in Seattle who who are like right there with you. Please do. I'll yeah. put my email here in the chat and then I'll pop off. For sure. And well, I just want to say, write it down. Well, I just want right to say now, thank you guys for having me on. Thank you all for having me on. It's my first time. I really enjoyed it with a bunch of other people that are like-minded. Hey, plug, your, plug, plug your Krispy Kreme uh, video. Oh, video. Okay. Yeah, let me put the it's, link. It's phenomenal. Okay, so you're being too nice, Charlie, but you got to go. You guys got, if you guys want to go to a free donut, they can't check your medical records. So just say it's you got great. your vaccine. <laughs> okay, let me get the link uh, so I can put it in the chat. But you guys need to go watch it. Watch me get a free donut. And uh, Fauci, or Fauci is, you know, it's all because of him. I'm a shining example of good health. Yeah. I'll watch you eat a donut. It sounds fun. Okay, let me put it. Let me find it. Hold on. It's, it's phenomenal. What kind of donut did you get? Is it glazed or like a chocolate donut? Uh, you'll see here. Let me, let me, I oh. gotta go to my, it's glazed. Video. Okay. It's glazed. Okay. Okay. Here, can I do a share? Oh shit. I can't share my screen. That's all right. I'll put it up on screen. Put, okay, put it in the chat. Me... I'll put it up on screen. Yeah, I don't want to see the donut. We'll see you later. Thanks. For all right. That. Bye Grant. Bye America. Okay. America. America. Here it is in the chat. All right. This is going to end on this. You're being too nice, Charlie. It's, I, I got to have you on my show. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. It always yeah, is. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Yes, my friend. But but yes, dude, isn't that sad? You can just get a donut. We can that, that, That's what they people actually think they're healthy. That's another thing. If you notice, everybody that's taking the vaccine selfie is 350 pounds. That's about the average weight of a person that takes their vaccine selfie. So <laughs> that's why, because when you're 350 pounds, that's the only way you can prove that you're healthy is by letting them stick an experimental mRNA vaccine in your arm. So it's a real weird virtue signal, but it's not going to stop, in my opinion. <laughs>
Yeah, I have it up on screen now. It, uh, you're going right through there, through the drive-thru. Uh, the, the worker with a mask is handing you a, a free donut. And, yeah, uh, we'll put that the link to uh, put the, the video link in the description. In there, I'll put the link in the description wild. of the video in the podcast. He did it. He, he made it happen. Oh, my free God. Free donut. Anybody can do it. You can do it, too. You Look can get your free guy. diabetes. It costs nothing except for having a little bit of cojones. All right. Uh, all right, folks, I'm going to take off, too. All right, thanks, thanks everyone. We're all out of here. Well, yeah, yeah, we're all out. Of the uh, Union of the Unwanted. <clears throat> what a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Peace. Yeah, Peace, thanks, everyone. Charlie, Ricky, Mike, everyone, you guys are, are awesome. This is just wonderful. Thanks for caring about people. Contentsafe.co. Contentsafe. Contentsafe.co. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that was the Conspiracy Castle cross stream with the Union of the Unwanted. And this is going to be behind the Patreon because, you know, we talked about so much intense stuff. So thank you guys for the support. Thank you for the donations. Pacific Northwest Bear, dude, you donated nearly 50 bucks today, dude. Wow. That was an awesome stream. Like I said, if you guys want to join it here, it'll be on the Patreon. Like I said, everything we said on that is 2X rated, but... Uh, I love each and every one of y'all. That was a heck of a stream. I couldn't have done it without y'all. Peace and good night.